G'day Cobbers, and uh, welcome to the uh, latest episode of the Three Points Limb podcast, and we're finally here. Uh, four draining weeks, not exactly the most quality final series I've ever had, but we're here for the big dance, and it's three days away. I'm joined by Zach. G'day. And I'm joined by one very happy Collingwood supporter, Rainer, as well. <laughs> How are you doing Hot pies. Hot pies. Hot pies. <laughs> <laughs> and How excited are you right now? I'm so fucking excited. Sorry for swearing. I swear. <laughs> yeah, you can swear all you fucking want. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm so pumped. Can't believe it. Doesn't feel real. Been watching the highlights. Mm. Over and over. Yeah, like... We watched the highlights probably like three, three or four times. With you. Yeah. But you've probably been watching them even... I've watched them a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd like to start on that note. Friday night, that would be one of the most absurd AFL games I've seen in my life. Yeah, it was I crazy. I think we're all just absolutely shock. like, yeah, in total shock. Like, we've been smacked in the face. Like, it was crazy. It was over basically at half time. And we watched yeah. it. Too. Oh, we've got a cat joining us now. I heard its bell. <laughs> anyway, uh, we watched it in at the Corner Hotel. Heart of Richmond. Heart of Richmond, Swan Street. A lot of Richmond supporters. And. By the end of the first quarter, Collingwood supporters had absolutely taken over the place. It was so that good. chant, that chant. It kept going, yeah. It got going early, and it, it didn't did. stop. <laughs> <laughs> there was that, and Enemy then there was constant. And there was a lot of yeah, shouts yeah, out, "Big Cox!" Yeah, <laughs> everyone's getting around it. So like last week, we saw we said if the Collingwood chant got going, that was probably yeah. It. Like I remember, I, was, I said that. If Collingwood up by five or six goals at half time, that's it. And yeah. they were up that. Yeah. And it and was over. definitely challenged it uh, towards I the was end. Waiting to, I was waiting for them to take Well, I think up. they got back within three goals at one point. 20 points. 20 maybe. points, yeah. Three goals around about. Yeah, but it never seemed like Collingwood were in danger, though. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Like, they were so good. Oh, hey, was just so flat. Oh, we are joined by a cat. It's a like, tabby cat. <laughs> Bad year for you, cats. What, what do you reckon about that, cat? Bad year? Yeah, I'd this guy's been coming. He's, I was doing the laundry and he was checking us out. Hello. Well, he's come for a pen. Oh. What do you reckon about your uh, brother and Gary Ablett Jr., the highest voted Brownlow medalist of all time now? Yeah? Meow. <laughs> this guy's Meow. <laughs> We're getting really sidetracked here. I see a cat just drop all swords. Bloody, this cat is as is laying over and being very easily beaten. All right, so the cat's it's now like on the, the podcast. Yeah, no, like Alex Rance. Yeah, I have a yeah. I have a retraction. <clears throat> Uh, the first ever episode of the uh, Three Points in podcast, we were talking about Richmond, and I said Alex Rance may perhaps be the greatest fullback of all time. Man, he Jeez. was embarrassing. And he? I feel like that one game has just completely he looked der- derailed that mm. whole conversation. He's not in that class at all. No. I'm sorry I ever said anything like that. I take that on the chin. <laughs> Yeah, he just didn't know how to play the situation at all. He's he's playing on a player that 
loves to jump at the football and he totally allowed him every time the ball was coming into the forward line to jump at the football why didn't he play in front of him i don't understand at all why he continued to play behind a player that's like got what six or seven inches on him he's got seven six eight inches on everybody massive leap and like he's just letting him have free free jump at the football i don't think that's going to happen with west coast i don't understand why what alex france was doing I think Collingwood well, why they didn't, also. Like, double team him as well. Like. Collingwood also did a very good job in keeping Rance away from Cox as well. Yeah, there was a few times where you saw them sort of do yeah. a little bump, but a little shepherd. To in in saying that Rance had a bad game, Rance eventually moved away and they put him on Dugowie, and Dugowie tore him to shreds. Mm. He had a bad night, a really bad night. The whole Richmond team, though, to be fair, had a had a pretty bad night. I don't think there were like, too many people aside from Jack Revolt who could really hit, like yeah. hold their heads up high. I think Dusty was clearly playing hurt. Yeah, yeah. obviously yep. injured. He was pretty ineffectual. We barely got near the football. But Richmond did not seem like they wanted the ball in that, mm. especially in that second quarter. That yeah. second quarter was <clears> just <throat> tremendous. Like Collingwood's pressure, the delivery of side bottoms. They See, were ev- totally flat. See, everyone's talking about how, like, Cox took all these, like, contested marks, which are really good, but he was getting the ball delivered to down his yeah, throat. Yeah. He literally just needed to stick the hands up. Like, yeah. the delivery from the midfield. afterwards, too. Yeah. The delivery, yeah. yeah. And it was a problem against West Coast is they were just sort of bombing it long. Yeah. As well. So they've clearly, like, been... See, Sidebottom had one of the better games of a midfielder I've seen in quite a while. Like, he Sidebottom. was so good. He was amazing. Like, every yeah. time he, he touched that everywhere. ball... Every time he touched that ball too, you knew he was going to do something good with it. I think at one point they brought his stats up at like in, during the third quarter and he was going at 90% efficiency or something insane. Which is mental. I think he ended up with 85% efficiency. That is so which crazy. Which for 40, nearly 40 touches. 41, 41 disposals yeah. is an incredible mm. number. Fucking hell. Half of them I think were... No. Most of them were uncontested, I think. Yeah. Um, but he still had quite a few uncontested. Uh, but like Collingwood beat Richmond at Richmond's game style. Like, yeah. They hunted the football. They kept it moving forward. Like, no matter what, they were tapping it forward, kicking it forward. Exactly what Richmond normally does. And they were just hunting the football, too. They were so hungry. It was, it was just, it was like... Sick. It was amazing. It was crazy to watch. Like, it was shock that Richmond have looked so good against basically every team this year. And then they just come out. And this is a team they've beaten fairly comfortably twice. Yeah. They've been challenged, but in the end, have sort of then run away and been pretty comfortable said winners. Collingwood was playing. Collingwood felt like the like the most challenged. Yeah, I think he said during the season games. that they were actually the best team they played all yeah. year, or one of the two. Best but you teams can they sort of tell that in that in watching the games because it was tremendously yeah. close, and then Richmond kicked away. Yeah, yeah, that's that the, was how they both. The this time it was totally was different. Exactly like Richmond weren't even close yeah. at half time, and they had to come back. <laughs> Incredible game. It looked it, mm. it looked like Collingwood were a battle hardened team. I think I said that during the first yeah. quarter. Like they looked ready. They looked like they'd been playing finals footy for the last three weeks. Whereas see, Richmond were a team who've played one game of football. Another in a thing, month. everyone's been talking about how like Richmond has like hundred thousand members and that. As soon as Collingwood went up mm. and about, it looked like it seemed like there was no Richmond fans yeah. in that stadium. Mm. I think we all know that Collingwood is still the biggest team in the in the AFL. I think membership numbers have obviously dropped because they haven't played finals in five mm. years. I think they may be fourth or fifth. I was looking at membership numbers the other yeah. day. They've still got over 80,000, and that's a team that's not really been performing too well recently. Mm. 
and they still got over 80. I reckon next year they'll be, they will beat the record. They'll, if they win the premiership for sure, they'll get over 100,000 members. They're still clearly the biggest club for in the sure. game, in the country. For sure, they're the biggest club in the country. Of any, of any code. I agree. Like, mm. you can see, but see the difference, like everyone talks about how bad Collingwood are in terms of like the club is in hatred of the club. <coughs> I don't hate this Collingwood team. Yeah. I there's don't hate nothing, them either. There's nothing to hate this team about. I used about. to hate Collingwood. But there's I used too to hate many Collingwood players. all the time. There's too many players on that team that I enjoy watching. There were, there were like three times story. that Grundy mm. connected with Pendlebury. Probably, Pendlebury is probably one of my favourite players outside mm. of North Melbourne. Yeah. And it's just so silky. I just get so excited when I see Pendlebury with the ball in his hands. Like, and Grundy was And Grundy just too. tapping it see, straight to him. Team, he found him like four this or five seems times. like so... I won't say they're like really likeable, but there's nothing really to hate. Even guys like Dugowie. Like, mm. Dugowie is really actually... Would be technically a flog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> technically. But I can't hate him. Like, there's something yeah. about him where like he doesn't have that like... Well, sort of yeah. I could probably real... list a whole number of players that I enjoy watching. Like, you got obviously Grundy, Pendlebury, side bottom. Um, I also enjoy um, Hoskin Elliott. Um, he's very Jamie underrated. Elliott, I've always kind of liked yeah. watching, but he hasn't been playing at all this year. Um, even Big Cox, I love getting around Big Cox mm. when he's near the footy. <laughs> I love calling out that name, like, Big Cox. Oh, like, I love that they oh. say you, they call out the USA chant. And other teams must absolutely hate it when they're playing him. Mm. Well, I'll have to do a uh, bit another attraction <laughs> for uh, Mason Cox. Earlier this week... Uh, some people <laughs> did some digging and found a... This is uh, the direct quote. Uh, just remember this fact. If you were seven foot tall, you would get a consistent game for the Collingwood Football Club, much like Mason Cox. Absolute <laughs> spud. That was the start of the 2017 season. I definitely have egg on my face now. Like He's had a very good year. Well, it took him a little while, but it was always going to take him some time. He into it this year, though. Yeah. I think to be fair, he's what? Confidence kicked a football a for part. four years. Yeah. He picked up yeah. his first football four years ago. Mm. Kind of similar to Majak Dor, who started his football career really late. I think he picked up his first footy at like 15 or 16 or something. Yeah. And it, like he was, he looked like a headless chicken out there at times during his early days. But like this year is sort of found his feet in defence. I think Mason Cox is a similar story. He's like really found his I feet and he's got a position that he's comfortable that playing. that the AFL needs to pump the brakes on going over to America and finding a whole bunch of seven foot tall hmm. college basketball dropouts to play AFL football because well, might, it will lead to a drop in quality of the game. Well, just because there's going to be an influx of American recruits doesn't mean they're actually going to get a game. Yeah. I think there's, there's no way that AFL clubs are just going to chuck in untested Americans to just see if they're going to I think work. Mason Cox is an, is a anomaly. Anomaly. Yeah. Like, he clearly, like, is one of a kind. Remember St. Kilda had mm. uh, Jason Holmes, was it? He was another basketballer. Yeah. He was not good at all. And he has been delisted. Like, yeah. Cox definitely seems like an anomaly. He is now second on the list of all-time contested marks made in a final ever. Insane. That is eight, a mental eight contested stat. Marks. And he took six of those in the second yeah. quarter. Crazy. Insane. <laughs> it was like, who's that Channel 7 reporter who asked questions at the coaches' conference at the end of the game? Mark Stevens? God. 
He's like, oh, was yeah. that one of the best games ever played in the finals? It's like, no, he asked Bucks no. That, didn't he? And then Bucks kind of looked like, the ah. and then like, no, he didn't dodge it. He actually uh, repeated like, yeah. ah, of all time. And he's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. And he's like, oh, I don't know. Like, well, it was a really was good having, quarter of football. It was, but when <laughs> he was having that delivery, like, yeah. what sticks out to me is not him kicking the goals. It's the delivery he was slick. getting from side. It was so slick. Like, it yeah. was literally like yeah. was he took so three quick. strides, and it was like. Literally the perfect marking position. Right in front position. of his eyes. Yeah. 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 Right in front of his face. I reckon I could have grabbed one or two of those kicks. Yeah. On Rance mm. with that delivery. I reckon anyone could. Like, He was taking marks though and he, he was strutting around with yeah. so much confidence. Like he took that mark where he kneed Cochin square in the back and just sort of stared him down and strutted off with the ball See, that's in probably, hand. that could have been oh. a free kick to Cochin and he knew as soon as he got that free kick, he's like, this is my day. Like rubbing the palms <laughs> together. Yeah, yeah. It's and like, he's you're not. A, he was copping flack. All week in the media <laughs> leading up to that game. Because yeah. he had a shocking yeah. final. He's had two shocking finals games of football. Yeah. They were both pretty shocking. He actually had a not very good last month of the year in yeah. general. Like, mm. since. Like, Queen's since Queen's birthday, it's been all downhill. Yeah. What a time to. I don't know, turn yeah. it around and actually play. Best game of football he's ever played, probably. He's probably ever played. Yeah. Um, yeah, up there with the Queen's birthday so. performance where he kicked five goals. But yeah. Still, that was like, incredible. But see, Collingwood know how to use him effectively. Mm. Mm. They know that he's a target, but he, they, he's the main target, but he's not the main goal kicker. Yeah. Which is very unique. And I like that. He kicked four goals, I think. Hoskin Elliott got a couple. Hoskin Elliott see, always chimes Someone in who we couple. haven't mentioned yet, who I feel we got to mention, who is really good. My check. Yeah, I was going to well. say my yeah. check. My check is well. very, very good. Yeah, and he took yeah. a really good, a couple of really good marks. That one that sticks out where he was, he, he had a defender like behind him and in front of him. Halfway through the year, I think. Mm. Yeah, see, he's been really good. Collingwood has found yeah. a lot of diamonds in the rough. Yeah. Like my check. Check's like twenty three, I think. Mm. Like I'm not sure. You know, what he's we're talking like about. He's like twenty three, twenty four. He's like a, and he made his debut like halfway through this season. Yeah. yeah. Was he a mature age recruit? Maybe. Or was he just taking a while sure to develop? I went to his. I think he made his debut at the Fremantle game. Mm. I think that's when I was there. Yeah, he was mature. He won. He was in the VFL last year. Yeah, but he's one of a number of players that have had to step up for Collingwood mm. because of all the injuries. Chris Main as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's been really good for him. Really, really consistent. He plays his role. He's he's pretty solid, yeah. even though. I think. Um, I've given him a lot. We of talked a lot about Melbourne being the the like fairy tale story but when you think about it Collingwood could also fit that there's bit. a lot of fairy tale yeah. stories coming out of there see yeah. Melbourne you know, just missed the finals last year by percentage Collingwood has finished this is another stat Collingwood is could be the first team to win the premiership after being in either the same or falling down the ladder for the last five seasons since they won the since they made the final in they won the flag in 2010. They finished lower, lower or the same position every year until so this been year. Slipping. So yeah. only one team has ever done that, and it was like Carlton in like 1905 mm. or something. <laughs> so this is like unprecedented yeah. for a team that's been this poor for this long to if make this jump. If you look at the jump. stats, they've been slipping back, and you think they'd be getting worse and worse, but they have been building since. See, people have been talking control. about Collingwood as a team on the rise for a few years. They probably should have made finals the last two years. I tipped them to make finals last See, year. See, and everyone was saying that was Buckley. They were yeah. saying, get rid of Buckley and this team will do well. They've stayed with yeah. Buckley and they've probably made a grand well, final. I can list at least three coaches recently who have had um, talks in the media about them losing their job 
that, and the clubs have stuck with them and gotten positive results. First one's Hardwick, mm. second one's Buckley, and the third one is uh, Brad Scott as well. And they were all three. Like, Brad Adam Scott Simpson hasn't been as successful as those in other that two. Conversation as well. Yeah, I think clubs are starting to to take chances with coaches and and See, really stay by them. It takes time to them. build things. That's in anything in life. It takes especially time in to football, build. especially in a sport where you have to build through the draft. It takes at least five years to really get those kids that you're drafting to be a level where they can challenge the for the top spot. And see, I think this and is... And then even then when they're like mature enough and good enough to challenge, it probably takes another two or three years on top of that to mm. actually gel and become a really good team. So it's probably looking at like eight years, see, close to a decade to build a this team. Collingwood team, especially all the young players, they play like Nathan Buckley used to play. So that's a really underrated, like mm. hard ball, yep. tackling... Clean on the foot. That's how Buckley used to play. Like, yeah. they've clearly bought into him now as a coach. Yeah. He's getting the best out of these players. Did you see him tear up when he talked about um, Grundy mm. in the press conference? Called him Love Personified. Yeah, Love Personified. Yeah. It looked like he was about to tear up when he was talking about him. He clearly has love for a, a lot of these players. His see, son wears um, Dugowie's number on his back. Yeah. I See, think there's like a really good feeling around Collingwood Football Club right now. I really want Buckley to win it. Like Buckley's one of the greatest players of all time. Mm. He probably deserved a flag when he played. He came so close. Yeah. He's yeah, got he's an really Orm, he's got an Orm Smith. I still he remember footage have on YouTube flag. I saw, and it was him back in his heyday around the time he won the Brownlow. And he's it's a tra- it's footage of him training. It's mm. in the wet. It's pissing down. And someone's standing about five or six metres away, absolutely drilling the football at him. And he's marking it every single time, mm. cleanly, one touch, bang, he, handballs it back, he, gets drilled at him. And he's, he had amazing hands. Like, he was so good. My memories of him, like, because he retired when I was probably, like, 11, 12 years old. Mm. I don't have, like, my memories aren't that clear, but the memories I do have, he was so clean. Yeah. Like, he'd be one of the cleanest players I've seen, I reckon. Yeah. It's clear that he took his football like really seriously and he's training really yeah. seriously. And I think that's something that he's brought to his coaching too, where his players have to commit. They have to be really buy-in See, to what he's... Collingwood threw him in the deep end, to be fair, with the coaching. With the whole... It's a lot su- of pressure with, with the whole succession a club. Yeah, with the whole yeah. succession plan, what? The team made... They won a premiership, made the grand final. They really should have won in 2011. Yeah. Because they only lost one game previously that whole season. Mm. And then they made, I think they finished fourth or fifth the next year. So he was taking over from a slightly declining but still dominant Mm. side. Well, that 2010 team was dominant. They were super dominant. Yeah. But see, he knew he was taking over. So everyone knew, like, eyes were on him. Um, there's no way there's no way to go but down in that situation. As as soon as they did that, like, that press conference where they had... Malthouse and Buckley, like, very obviously, like, shake hands in front of the camera. That was one of the stupidest things that you could do. Mm. The pressure that put on Buckley was tremendous. Like, you're literally saying nothing's going to change. This guy's going to be... Mm. And because also, because he was, like, a favourite son of the club, Mm -hmm. that just added to it. Look at, like, favourite sons at football clubs as coaches have never gone to play in a lot of cases. It didn't at Brisbane, in re- in recent years especially, like Voss for Brisbane, went well initially, but that was the remnants of the Matthews side. Mm. 
and then he sort of then he dropped off. They got rid of him. Heard. Well, 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 well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's just just to sleeve that. Like heard. Looked not like really. he's gonna have certain success though. He looked like he was putting together something, but then obviously it all fell apart well, when yeah, what was well, going well, on well. came out. Yeah, yeah. Like, but I in think terms of the clubs, football style and where they were going, it, I thought I think Heard could have made a good coach, but he obviously it's fucked funny up. That, like, they're all players. He, that generation of players are players who used to play together. You like, yeah. Heard, Voss, Buckley. Yeah. Well, we're starting to see trend. that era of players come through. And take over. But as see, I think clubs Simpson are moving away too. from picking clubmen as coaches. Mm. Mm. Like they're picking former players, but they're not going. All right, I'm picking this guy that's played 300 games for my club as the next coach because they know mm. that that is so much pressure on yeah. them. Yeah, and there's clearly like a sort really of graduation worked. process that needs to take place where coaches go away to another club, maybe even two. And mm. they do their apprenticeship under other coaches. Yeah. And then they got to prove themselves. And then see, they get did Buckley up. do that? Well, Buckley did his under Malthouse. Yeah. yeah. See, at so least he, he did, did his it. in house. Guys like Voss and Heard did not have any yeah. prior. Yeah. Like, I think the joke was with uh, Heard that his most previous coaching experience was he coached his kids' junior squad. <laughs> that was like his only real coaching experience. Well, I think you have. People like Longmire, I think, did his at Sydney. I think Adam Simpson also did his at Sydney. Brad Scott did his at Collingwood. Hinkley uh, did his at Port or Geelong. Yeah, there's been a few who have come out of Geelong. There's been a couple who have come out of Hawthorne under Clarkson. Like Beveridge, Hardwick. Hardwick, yeah. and uh, Fagan. Think, and also the uh, guy at Carlton, what's his name? Uh, Brendan Bolton. So he came from uh, Hawthorne yeah. as well. So, yeah, I think clubs are looking at people who have sort of proved themselves in an assistant coaching role rather than just going out and picking like a favourite son. Yeah, and I think that is a smart move, but because Buckley really is the only success story I can think of in recent times, anyway, where that's worked, and for a large portion, it hasn't worked. Mm. He, they've been talking about, especially the last two years, they've been saying that he should get the sack because everyone said how strong this list has been, and. Like, how good it is, how much depth there is, and he hasn't made best use of it. But now, I don't think any other coach could probably get as much out of some of the players on this team as he can. They've clearly bought into him. Yeah, he every single one. He clearly is like their mate. Because how many of these players, if they'd had a fit squad, a fully fit team, like, wouldn't have even played this year? And they've all come mm. in, they've all played a role, they all know what they're doing, and they've all bought into what Buckley's trying to accomplish. It's a really big achievement. Really big achievement, considering the injuries. Like it's one of the great, from. it's one of the great upsets of all time, really. Like the upset was there for Collingwood to beat Richmond, but it is one of the great upsets, especially because how they did it, they absolutely romped it in, they killed them. Like this Richmond team, they beat team, them at their own game. This Richmond team, what won twenty games in a row at the MCG? Mm-hmm. It's like Undertaker. It was more, I think it was twenty three. So if they won this one and then the grand final, so it was going to be twenty five. Yeah. So they, they've ended the streak at twenty three, which is insane. Like, no team, like, that, it says a lot about the state of the modern AFL where a lot of clubs share tendency at one ground. Mm. But still, it's incredible that Richmond lasted that long. It is. Like, uh, they did look shaky towards the end of the year, and that probably did play a factor. They looked strong first week of finals, though. It looked Mm. like they'd put all those Mm. kind of concerns to bed. Here's another question. Do you think that the bye... 
damaged Richmond. No, I don't. I don't either. I don't. Look at West Coast. Exactly. Like, people yeah. are saying that if oh, if the bye wasn't there, Richmond mm. would be and, the, and I think the two clubs that made the grand final last year, they both had the bye. Yeah. And they both That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, every club has the bye. It, it's not just mm. Richmond that has the bye. Mm. And I personally would think that the bye would probably help. Mm. Well, considering that I think that Richmond are actually getting players back across that that week too. I might be wrong there, but I'm pretty sure they got a couple mm. of players back. Do you anyway. think Dusty's injury, supposed, which was an injury, had anything to do with it? Yeah, it definitely yeah, has an like impact. It probably had a more mental impact than yeah. a game impact mm. in that it probably demoralised some of the Richmond players yeah. trying to see Dusty take on the game, mm. him figuring out he can't do it and then he doesn't. Do you think they probably should have not played him? Mm. No, I think he's still going to take the risk because he's, he's too good. I think that. But they I did thought it was wrong... interesting that they dropped Ellis and then they had like someone like Conker in the side. Yeah, no, Reese Conker's not. I don't oh, rate Reese Conker at all. If he's going to Freeman at all, Richmond literally should like book like a limousine to the airport, <laughs> give him like free champagne, and be like, "See you later, Reese. <laughs> Thanks for your time here, but yeah, I don't rate Reese Conker, but like." I thought they misused Dusty. They still had him in the midfield. Yeah, I would have put him forward. See, but we're talking about Dusty saying he's injured, but we're sort of ignoring the fact that Levi Greenwood actually played a ripper game on him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He shut him down. Every time he had the ball, Greenwood was right there. I think Greenwood got like 20 touches himself, which for a tag is a really good result. There was one passage of play where he, he took the ball, he attacked the ball, um, there was a Richmond player coming the other way. As soon as he picked it up off the ground, he did a nice little spin out of mm. trouble, which looked very slick. Only problem was he took two steps and then absolutely shanked it into the forward line. But still, that mm. little spin was pretty special. He had mm. a good game, though. See, yeah. Uh, but Collingwood, really, really dominant in the end. Like, bodes well, but we got to talk. We'll have a we'll bit talk of... about l- the other team l- involved in this game. Yeah, I was going to say, a little bit of a break. Like, we've been old Collingwood, Collingwood, but... <laughs> they may not have been as dominant as the other team we're going to talk about. West Coast. So we'll have a little bit of a break and we'll be all right back. Well, bloody, we've literally blown so much smoke up Collingwood that like I'm almost <laughs> physically sick. And it's that's not the beer. Uh... It's like literally like almost physically sick. I'm just going <laughs> to just always it. remember this week, even if we lose. I'll yeah, we'd well, have to. It's been pretty incredible, week. yeah. It's one of the most incredible prelim finals. Biggest upsets. One of the biggest upsets. Yeah, of all time in any game. In any game. But we've got to talk about the other team in this game. That produced an even bigger boil over, really. Jeez. They, well... Has anyone filed a missing... Like, has that missing persons report been uh, (laughs) figured out yet? Like, there's 22 members of the Melbourne Football Club who I think are still missing at this point. What the hell happened? It seemed like every West Coast goal was on the back of some lousy, fumbled hand pass through the middle of the ground, about 70 metres out from West Coast goal, that just got totally spewed off the side and just picked up by a West Coast player to go back the other way. Seeing from the highlights, it seemed that West Coast played decent, but they didn't play that good. It seemed that Melbourne Melbourne just capitulated. No, I think West Coast were clinical. They were professional. Yeah. They, they just did what they need to do. Every time there was a mistake, they punished Melbourne. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely punish them. Uh, and I think Melbourne almost has... They were like a deer in the headlights at one point. Yeah, I only watched the first half, but that's just how it felt. I remember there was... Like, they showed... Like, one of the highlights was... I think it might be Neil Bullen for Melbourne. He picked up the ball and he dashed off. And he deliberately ran. Like, mm. he, he just had his, like, back turned... Like, his head turned on his shoulder to look behind him. Ugh. And while he was looking, he ran, like, full over the boundary line. Like, not just a little bit. Like, mm. full, like, basically mm. on the boundary. Just kept running. And the umpire yeah. had to, like, whistle and back. That almost sums up that whole game for Melbourne. They just... Was that where he took the mark? He, like, went across the line because his momentum took him. And then he, like, played on, but he yeah. was still over the line. Yeah. Like, that just... It's like deer in the headlights. Yeah. Like, they look like... They the pressure yeah. got to them. I think it was a lot to do with the stadium. Like, just... The I think it was a little bit of a every time yeah. that Melbourne touched the ball, just even the when they booze. were, like, I think they were lining up for like their first goal, and the boos were like deafening. <laughs> but see, Collingwood had that, I feel and it like didn't affect them as much. It sounded yeah. worse when Collingwood played there. To me, watching the game, just yeah. like I don't know on the TV. I think times. Collingwood almost like relished the opportunity. They they yeah. wanted it, and I they interviewed um, what's his name thirty five. Chris Stevenson. Stevenson. I was going to say Chris. Stevenson. They interviewed him and it was his first finals game. And they're like, how are you feeling coming into this game with the big crowd that's going to be against you? And he said, oh, I love it. He's like, I look forward to these kind of games. I love the, I love having the rival, you know, mm. crowds and, and having them like against you. It really sort of mm. pumps me up. And I think Collingwood enjoy that sort of thing. Whereas Melbourne, it really got to them. It clearly got to them. But I think also what affected them was the hype. I think mm. they were hyped up That's so I mean. much. They had a fa- they actually had a decent amount of fans there too. Yeah. Do you want to I think it was twenty five hundred. Yeah. They you would have been making a decent them, amount of noise. Oh yeah, that was a them. big yeah. That yeah. was a big group of them. Yeah. But West Coast, they looked good. They mm. didn't look terrific, but they looked good. West Coast have been the best I mean, patches. now that Richmond are out, they've been the best team all year. They beat mm. Richmond over there. They've beaten Collingwood twice. And see, everyone, like, I, when Nanui was injured, I mm. wrote West Coast. Personally, I wrote West Coast off. Yeah, and then when Gaff was got himself I'm like, out. that's it. Yeah. Na- no Nanui, no did. Gaff. He got injured. I remember the game he got injured. It was against Collingwood. Mm. And I was like, well, here we go. It was like, and then the second half, they just came back, like, stronger. Yeah. We were actually, there was, like, like we had a chance in the first half of the game. None knew he got injured, went out, and then they just came back even stronger. Well, like, and the week and that, I, the week after Gaff rubbed himself out, they came from behind to beat Port Adelaide in Adelaide yeah. um, with a goal after the siren. And that was, they, they just seemed to really galvanise under the, mm. the pressure or, yeah, like, under the scrutiny. They've filled in the role nicely with Lysette and Vardy. Lysette's definitely played a role. Lysette in particular. But it's a, it's the toll. It's their toll, like their tolls, like McGovern, oh, her, the keg. Kennedy, <laughs> like Kennedy. He looks darling. like a keg, doesn't he? McGovern. He was the we've one who kicked that winning goal the after the siren too. Yeah, we've nick- we've dubbed him the keg because he yeah. just he looks like a unit. He's he's, he's a, a big lad. Yeah, oh, he's he a big. He big looks lad. like he loves a beer or three or six or. 39. <laughs> good player. It's good, though. they got a very good defence, West Coast. Yeah. See, that's going to be, like, two of us in the game, but, like, West Coast's tolls on both yeah. ends of the ground. Oh, yeah, yeah, both sides. Key. Both sides. But people, I think, and are it's under... The two, es- it's the two key tolls in the defence and the forward line 
that I think will probably make a difference in this game. But see, people are forgetting about how good their little brigade is West Coast as oh, well. Yeah. Like people talk about Collingwood with like Adam, like not Adam, like Dugowie, mm. Hoskin Elliott, Stevenson, Mychek. West Coast have got Rioli, Ryan, yeah. Lacroix. And Crisp. 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 Yeah. Get Crisp. Mastin can go up there. Like They all played really well against Melbourne, I think. Like Liam Ryan. Crisp and um, Lacroix both kicked three goals. Liam and Ryan. Ryan and Rioli both chimed in with a goal See, each. I've only ever seen Liam Ryan really like. How good was that run? How good was that run he made through the middle of the ground where he just kept mm. tapping it to his advantage? Yeah. That was unbelievable. Was like I remember, I think it was the second game of the season where West Coast played Bulldogs. I think he kicked four or five goals. And he was just all over him. And I'm like, this kid's going to be really, really good. Mm. And he's showing that. And he's in what? a perfect forward line to do it. Even in the, the Collingwood game, I think he had a shot on goal, which he missed. It was from about 25, 30 out. Should have kicked the goal and he missed it. He got another opportunity from about 50 and he just came in, he's like casually walking in, he's spinning the ball in his hands, he's chewing gum for God's sake. And yeah, he absolutely nailed gum. it. He nailed it from like 55 meters. Every he looks like a very shot, cool character. Like, close up on him, he was chewing gum. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> like, who chews gum while they're playing footy? Yeah. It's in cricket. It's going to go straight down your throat if you get tackled. God, you'd choke, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't you? I know I would choke. <laughs> <laughs> Not even wearing a mouth guard, like, because you can't chew gum with a mouth guard. But, like, Mark Lacroix as well. He, I reckon, his career, if you look at his career, he'd probably, at this point, he'd have to go down as one of the most underrated players probably yeah, he's, ever. he's been very good he's player. Been, he's been very consistent the for a very, very long time. He gives you four, He's given West Coast 40 goals a season now for yeah, he's been just, really over consistent. A dec- just over a decade. Yeah. Like, people have said he's been done multiple times and he just still keeps mm. kicking those goals. Really consistent, reliable player. And I think he he seems like he's a leader too, mm. like a leader in that forward line. I think the players love playing with him, and the crowd certainly loves him. The West mm. Coast supporters love Lacroix. Like, can you blame them? Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. A lot of that West Coast team, if they were, like, people talk about like big bias with the media and the AFL in general. I don't think there is a big bias, but if some of those players for West Coast played in Melbourne they would get a lot more praise. Yeah, but that's just the nature of it because Collingwood are from Melbourne, so the Melbourne media yeah. is going to focus on Mel- on the Melbourne players because their readers come from Melbourne. That's what they want to read about. If you went over to Western Australia and you picked up the It'd paper... It'd be all West Coast. Guess what would yeah. it be on the paper? West Coast, West Coast, West Coast. You reckon they're talking about the Vic clubs as much as they are about the Perth clubs? Okay. Of course not. And it's the same in Adelaide. And it'd be the same in Sydney. It'd be the same in Queensland if the AFL even got in the paper in Queensland. Like, it just... <laughs> Like, it's just stupid. This like, the West Australians have this big chip on their shoulder, like, oh, a big oh. Bias, bias. It's like, well, what about the West Australian bias like, that you have over there? This game's a really hard game to sort of, like, review, unlike the, the Collingwood-Richmond game because it was so one-sided. And Melbourne really only came into it that second half. Like, I think we should move on and talk about the actual grand final yeah, itself. the game that's about and to come. And there's one question, like, this is a very open-winded, very sort of controversial question. If this game was being played in Perth, mm. would anyone be giving Collingwood a chance? Nah. No, I reckon... And I think another factor as well in that Melbourne game, I'll just go back for a second, yeah. is was the heat and the sun. Mm. Uh, it looked like it a looks, really hot day. It, it looked real sweaty. Yeah. See, 
if, if you go by the forecast of this weekend, it's going to be it's the coldest be grand final since 2002. About 12 which, degrees. Bad Omen Pies fans, but you lost that one. <laughs> <laughs> 2002. I, I still remember. I think it's going to be it's going to be a typical cold Melbourne day. Could play into Carlton's Carlton Collingwood's hands. <laughs> Jeez, Carlton. if only Carlton was in that <laughs> grand final. Me, just, just, <laughs> just Carlton just walk out with like a yeah, WWE yeah. <laughs> like money in the bank suitcase. They have like a contract, <laughs> cash in a premiership. No, they would struggle anywhere, too anytime. because they love playing under the roof at Ad Stadium. They love getting beaten. Over there. Yeah, but like if this game was being played in Perth, it'd be very yeah, much West Coast game. But in saying that, the grand final is always played at the MCG. I the don't think there's any excuses. I don't think West Coast can use. I any don't think excuses. West Coast beat us at the G this exactly. year. Exactly. Exactly, and especially the 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 new Perth Stadium has the they've designed it specifically. Similar dimension, right? It's it's the exact same. Is it the, the exact fi- same? It's the exact same field dimensions mm-hmm. as the MCG, and they've yeah. designed it so the atmosphere is the same as well. Yeah. If not Even worse. Even though it's smaller, it looks to- like steep. Yeah, looks, that's what yeah, they've yeah. made it. It looks so like the, the, the look of the MCG. Well, the roof comes right out. Close. The sound stays in. It looks, yeah, yeah like you said, They've like made it steep. as close to the MCG as possible, so there's and almost no excuse Also, what I notice about their stadiums, you know how the, the MCG, if you're in the front row, it's quite low? It's like at ground yeah. level, and then it slowly slopes up at a quite a, like a not not a very steep. Because yeah. Whereas the Perth Stadium, it's a, it's raised a, off the ground. Really? There's like a meter off yeah. the ground before the, there's. You know the what Perth. that is though, don't you? And it's, it's like uh, it's like they're above you, looking down. Like the MCG was literally built on a field. The MCG yeah. is 150 years old. Yeah. Yeah. But the way they've designed it is like quite unique where it's like raised right off the ground. I think that that also it's like they're up staring down and they're right on top of you. Yeah. Sixty thousand West Coast fans in that stadium is would be like really hard to play yeah. against. I personally don't think the AFL grand final should be played anywhere else. Yeah. Personally, like yeah. Well, well I will say is... I'm totally biased in that I agree with you. I think that I love having the grand final 50 in fifty year contract. Like I, I, it I, is a religion in this city. Like we say this as Victorians, like, <laughs> but it's tradition. Like every team that's ever won a grand final is at the MCG. No, like Brisbane won mm. three in a row as an interstate side. People forget that Brisbane yeah. team. They played a home every, final. They they, they, yeah. had, they had to play a home final at the MCG every year that year because mm. of some contract with the MCC. Mm. They did that. Yeah, and. No one complained. No one said that, oh, the grand final should be in Brisbane. Then Brisbane came and won. The mm. best, the thing is, the best or most deserving team on the day, the team that wants it We've more wins it. We've had a number of successful interstate clubs recently. Like like, could, I think since the AFL's inception, it's been quite an even spread of Victorian and, and interstate clubs. But see, clubs people look at won. the stat that the last five grand finals with Victorian interstate teams that the interstate team has won. But you look at those games, the Victorian team mm. either had like, it was either Hawthorne. One of like the best teams. Hawthorne, one of the best ever. teams of all time. Yeah. Won three in a row against interstate teams. The Bulldogs won in 2016 behind possibly the greatest momentum train in the history of Australian sport. <laughs> and then last year, same thing with Richmond. Yeah. The momentum. We've the- seen great Sydney sides, great West Coast sides, great Adelaide sides. Great Port Adelaide like Port Adelaide. Yeah. Brisbane. West Coast. West Coast were the West first Coast, to do it. Yeah. And West Coast did it most likely at a much 
high at a time when the national competition was only three, four years old. This whole thing of that the grand final should be played at the capital city. I understand that they want like they want to have grand finals where the, where it's at home. I totally understand but that, but it's not an excuse. Like the grand, I feel like the MCG is a really it's a great leveling. It levels. The There's no it's other massive. ground it's in this country. It's always a fifty-fifty split between the supporters. Mm. It's just so massive. It's so big and such a big occasion. Like the grand final, just the occasion in the grand final alone, I think, is enough to bring teams kind of to a level, level playing field. Like that happened. Like again, 2016. That happened. It, it happened in probably 2012, where that Hawthorne team was much better than the Sydney side. Yeah. But that Sydney side had experience from 05 and 06 and that leveled the playing field like the grand final is a great leveler and see that could play in the advantage of west coast because a lot of this team have been here before not that long ago three Mm. years ago yeah they were beaten soundly on that day but the likes of darling kennedy lacrae hearn mastin (laughs) shuey yo they all played that game and that will just burn in them. Yeah. Like, this is their best chance. Yeah, well, I think they should be favourites. I think they should be favourites too. I, should, I think they should be clear, clear favourites. favourites. Even they finished second comfortably, they've been, like I said, they're the best team behind They Richmond beat all this year. team two beat weeks ago. Twice. They've beaten they've them, been twice them twice. They've beat them twice. They've beaten them They've beaten them more comfortably at the MCG than at home. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited for this game. And like, and be. they have like a massive finals rivalry, which is only going to continue. See, this is probably the best on, possible... Uh, this is the best possible outcome from the preliminary finals in terms of matchups. Well, the best the best game all final series has been between these two clubs that are about mm. to play on Saturday. In terms of probably atmosphere, probably Collingwood, Melbourne would be a bit better. But in terms of actual football, this would be the best. Yeah. Because there has only been one good finals game, it was in close finals mm. game this year, and that was Collingwood West Coast. I think this is again, this is going to come down to the how good can Collingwood's midfield be? Can yeah. they play as well as they did against Richmond? See, because I think when you when you line them up in terms of West Coast defence and their forward line, they've got Collingwood covered see, easily. Yeah. Col- see, West Coast midfield is also extremely underrated. They got Shuey. They got Yo, someone who we haven't mentioned at all yet, who was best on ground in that Melbourne game, came over from Brisbane. I remember we were talking about Brisbane losing all those great players. We didn't mention this guy, Jack Redden as well. Redden, yeah. Redden is an absolute gun. He was at Brisbane. He's been to West Coast. He's flown even so much more under the radar at West Coast. He's a Mm. gun. Like Their midfield probably is just as good as Collingwood's. They do have a very good midfield. But the difference is... Collingwood have a dominant Ruckman in Grundy. Yeah. And that could be the difference. If the weather pans out to be as it is predicted where it will be wet, the Ruckman will be crucial because they'll be able to bring the ball it down. It also to the might little... level it in Collingwood's favour considering how many tall dominant players in the mm. air that, that West Coast See, have. Collingwood's only tall forward is Mason Cox, really. Mm. All the rest are mid sized or small forwards. Yeah, small ball. It's again it's that Richmond Format the small ball having the small forwards. See, Mason Cox is a poor man's Jack Revolt in terms of the role he plays on the field. Yeah, but it yeah. works. But see, unlike see Collingwood, probably Dugowie is probably better than say a caddy, 
Some of the players mm. around him, yeah, players around Cox are better than a Jack Rewald, but Jack Rewald is better than a Cox, so it levels it out. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, I reckon. Like, I it, think Collingwood's defense is going to struggle with the West mm-hmm. Coast forward line again. again. I think that's going to be see. Goldsack did incredibly well on Darling in that first game, yeah. but in that last quarter, Darling came alive, yeah. and mm. he was the difference maker. And Darling and Kennedy and both played really good games. Their first game back was it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they did play really well. Last week. I think they're really going to struggle to to contain mm. not only Darling and Kennedy, but like we said, those small West Coast forwards. They're, but they're going to be playing, really dangerous down there. As soon West as they get Coast, it down forward, it's going to be. See, really Collingwood hard to stop. should have the mindset that they've played this team two weeks ago. They should have won that game. They yeah, didn't. They really could have. And won they that really game. Could, they almost won it at their like fortress basically. Mm. And they're coming into. They'll take a lot of confidence fortress. from that for sure. Like. Yeah, I think if both you, teams are going to be confident because you, Collingwood have come on the back of one of the biggest upsets. They've been the best team all year on their home deck. They got all the at, momentum at a stadium behind where them. they haven't mm-hmm. lost in twenty three games. They won that game comfortably, they, and also they're going to be thinking we should have had these guys over there in Perth. So they're going to have so much confidence going to the, into that game. But also, West Coast are going to be like, we've cruised into this grand final. We won. We won against these guys twice already this year. Um, We've smashed Melbourne. We're coming in in best nick possible. Realistically, West Coast have been probably the best team this year in they terms had. of like they beat Richmond at home. They didn't. They smashed did, Richmond at home. That did game they was play? Crazy. Did they play Richmond at the G? No, I don't no. think so. I don't think so. I think they only played in Perth and they beat them. They really beat the comfortably. Se- they beat the second best team in from Victoria at the MCG. Like Richmond, yeah. West Coast have had a lot more injuries. Then, and that was their, that was also their first win at the MCG in for a couple of years, I think. Yeah. So that sort of monkeys off their back now. That that idea that they can't win at the MCG, they've crushed that because they've beaten the team they're about to face at the MCG. But at the MCG. Something in me just something about like because Collingwood's such a big club. Like, to be fair, we're ignoring the fact that West Coast actually has more members than Collingwood. They're massive club, and they actually have a waiting list to get yeah. tickets. And a to number the game. of them, I reckon, they will have just as many people at the ground. They're already swarming the CBD. Oh yeah, been mm-hmm. seeing them coming in at work. Some. I reckon it's, yeah. it's going to be pretty much a 50-50 split, given that there's always a number of fans who don't go free the club at the ground. Yeah, I think there's, yeah. I think, like I said, the grand final of the MCG is a leveling field. I'm so excited for this game. I think this would be a three-goal game. And to me, like, this may sound very kind of, like, pedantic. I think it will come down to the weather. If it is a dry... Even if it's cold, even if it's but a dry game... But I think if it rains, the MCG, it, it doesn't really stay slippery for very long. It drains so quickly. It's such mm. a great playing surface. And if the rain is going to come in the morning like they're, like what's been predicted so far... Um, that the way the rain is going to be in the morning, then the, it might not be that bad. It'll just mm. be a cold day. Because I f- like because West Coast use their tall forwards so dominantly in wet conditions that will not favour them. That because will favor they switch the, they switch the balls. They, the balls stay in good nick. The drainage on the ground is so mm. good. The rain, unless it's absolutely thundering down or raining consistently throughout the match, I don't think it's really going to play too much of a. Personally, I hope it actually doesn't piss down around the MCG because I'll be right around there. So I don't (laughs) want to be like soaked. Well, I think it just is. is, It's a better spectacle when it's not raining. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But there have been great grand finals in the wet. 2002. 
<laughs> talking about that game again. So let's not. Should we predict this game? Yeah. Well, my prediction. Well, we'll do our prediction, Norm Smith. Yeah. I'm going West Coast by twelve points. Yeah, I think West Coast is going to win this game too. And my Norm Smith will be still side bottom. I like it. Uh, Norm Smith from a losing team doesn't happen too often. No, does not. There's been too many often. times where it's yeah. Buckley, Judd. Yeah. That, That's uh, two. Me, Maurice Rioli. I think that might actually yeah, be so it. Yeah, it doesn't happen very I often. I think it's three times, but... That's a bold prediction. I feel because it'll be a close game that the best player on the field will get the vote no matter who which team. Yeah. I feel that will be still side bottom. Do He's had still, a tremendous year. Do they still year. lock it in at three-quarter time? You know they used to like they lock I in the I think they changed that rule. They should because there's been a few times where I think they might have changed that I think they changed that rule person. in 2016 when Johannesson was booked for it. Yeah. No, 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 no. I might have been I might been another year, but like there well, has there been was, controversial. There was there was the during the draw, the draw and grand final between the Saints and Collingwood. Mm. I reckon most people would have said that Goddard was best on ground. But they gave it and to Lenny Hayes. And then they gave it to Hayes because the votes were locked in by three quarter time. But Goddard's last quarter was tremendous. Yeah, and he took that amazing it, specky. It shouldn't really take that long to get the people, because they know who's voting. Yeah. They're probably all in the same room. Come on, it's 2018. Like, it can't be that Literally, hard. all you got to send a text <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. my vote is bleh. Yeah, it's a number, right? Yeah. Three votes, two votes, or something like that. Yeah. So who's so, your who, who's your vote? I think West Coast is going to win as well, and I think your right, it's going to be a close one. I hope it's going to be under three goals. And I think, yeah, I'll go West Coast by 10 points, and I think Yo is going to win the Norm Smith. Mm. I think he's been really good for them all year. The more I think about it, I think Yo is like a pivotal, plays a pivotal role. Especially now that Gaff is gone. He's really stepped into yeah. that role. And has not missed. And I think he will have to play well if they're going to win too. Mm. He was good against them in uh, week one of finals. Yeah, he was, and he was close to best on. Like he wasn't the best on ground, but he was one of the best Mm. on the weekend. And he polled well on the brown though too. Yeah, so Mm. I'm going. That's my that's my prediction. What's your prediction, Rona? I'm gonna have to say Collingwood. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna have to. I can't not. Yeah. Norm Smith. Norm Smith. I'm not gonna. Oh. Collingwood by, I'd say, I reckon it'll be close. I'm going to say 18, though. Ooh. Collingwood by 18. I like it. Side bottom. I like it. Side bottom. Mm. Side bottom. He's got to. See, speaking not of side no bottom. Pendles. Speaking of side bottom. Pendle, not pen, if not side pendles. bottom plays the way he did against Richmond, then he'd have to win the Norm Smith, and Collingwood would have to win. That's I mean. Even if, even if it's a close game and Collingwood Smith lose, and he plays like he did against Richmond, he'd probably yeah. still be best yeah. on ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, but speaking of side bottom, he did very well. Yeah, he probably should on, have on the Monday night on the Brownlow. Just dropped off towards the end. Uh, controversially, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, well, he's he's been great all year, I and it's it's weird so that too. a player like that actually drops off in voting when they've been having a good. Year. Normally, it increases towards the end because the umpire mm. starts to notice. So it's weird that he dropped off. What was it the last five or six games? He, he, didn't poll? he only polled once in the last six rounds. He crazy. got three votes. That's crazy, especially when they're winning and he's always, he's always amongst the best. Very strange. Like, but I remember looking at sports bet and I was going to do like a real mental multi. There was like 10, 10 people long and I was going to pay like a grand if it won. <laughs> and Sidebottom was paying $4.25 to lead the votes for Collingwood. Grundy was like $1.20. Jeez. And I'm just looking, I'm just like, 
Grundy may tap the ball down. Yeah. The umpires are going to see side bottom handball. Yeah, and, and we saw that with yeah. Gorn and Brayshaw. Yeah, no. Where the hell did Brayshaw come from, though? It's crazy. To be fair, happened. like I think he did deserve. Like he probably shouldn't finish third, but he did deserve a lot of votes. Yeah. Because he is a very underrated player. He's been very hard done by in recent years. Yeah, but years. that's the thing. He's so underrated. He kind of goes. He does go under the radar. It's just. It's amazing to me that he pulled so many votes, considering the players that are in that team. Mm. In that midfield, especially. Mm. But, like, the Brownlow this year, there were some real stupid votes. <laughs> like, I'll oh, leave this to you. Like, I'm sure you attended that game, round yeah, two, Northwest of St. Kilda. Yeah. Please tell me how Marley Williams was best on ground. I got no bloody idea. Like, Ben Brown kicked six goals yeah. straight. We demolished the Saints. It was almost like. We, like, we absolutely killed. I think we was, won by 10 goals or something. Friday? It was Good Friday. Yeah. yeah, and there were so many, like, Higgins was great. Ben Brown See, do you reckon it was always the case where the umpires just couldn't be fucked? And it was almost just like, like oh, they were just like... Let's just pick a random player. Just weren't paying attention. Like, we'll no, just pick it's a almost random... like they couldn't fit, remember who whose number's which, like, who, who had what number. Yeah. It's like, what's Ben Brown's number? Oh, what's... Oh, number know, two. Even, yeah, number two. Like... It's almost the like the fuck? umpire's like, oh, I can't remember, so let's just pick a player who's no chance to win. They will just get three votes. He'll cop an invite to the Brownlow. <laughs> that's what I mean. It was, I, that's bizarre. It's just so I strange, think th- yeah. I think there might be a thing with the AFL. If any player gets three votes, they get an invite to the Brownlow, unless there's like more than like a set number. I don't understand what's wrong with the umpires, though. Like, Why are they so biased towards the midfielders? Like, mm. If a forward kicks... Four or five goals in the modern era. That's that's pretty much a bay, especially five goals. Yeah, six goals. You got to be kidding me. You got to be getting three votes. In defense votes. of the umpires, they are always around the midfielders. Yeah, the midfielders are like always around them, and the important. midfielders are always around the umpires. This goes. This is only more like ammunition when I say I think the MVP, the AFL players MVP, is a more prestigious award yeah, than the Brownlow Medal. Who won? Who won it this year? Tom Mitchell. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think the, right the right player won. won, and the right player usually does. But, but the umpires often just get it wrong, too. Tom Mitchell is a fucking fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, even Alistair Clarkson was sleeping during his like, speech. Like, oh, so. my God. That was the most boring speech. <laughs> like, he just had that smug face, and then that whole thing in the media <laughs> during this week where there was the apparent thing that he was going to charge $1,000 for interviews. I wonder if that was true. Who does that, man? Like, he just seems like a flog. Like, Which is probably why I didn't play at St. Kilda. Too many flogs already in that team. In Sydney? Yeah. Yeah, like... Buddy... Imagine the flog that racks up 60 disposals in a reserve game. Like, imagine trying... Like, obviously trying that... Like, you won't try that to get back in the squad, but, like, surely you'd reach a point where it's just like... Ugh. Yeah. Like... Crazy how much... I'm not a Tom Mitchell fan. I have to say it. Oh, I don't. I just don't have much of an opinion about him either way. Like, I think he's like a really good See, player, but I don't know. I don't. Think he he's did like deserve the Brownlow Medal this year. Like, he was probably the obvious winner. He's consistent. He has been the most consistent player he's been probably important all season. For him. He gives him. He gives Hawthorne first. He's he's probably been one of the big main reasons that Hawthorne did so well this and year. And see, he hasn't had any. Before. Unlike other clubs, like, see, Grundy probably Grundy did poll well in the end. Mm. See, Grundy probably took votes away from side bottom. Brayshaw took votes away from Gorn. Yeah. Like, great to see Mitchell... those two players actually make quite, like, get quite a few votes because mm. that doesn't normally happen. That was, that was really cool yeah. to see, actually. See, 
both of them that both of them Mitchell didn't them. have anyone in Hawthorne take votes away from him at all mm. at all yeah that was always going to be a part of it that um that Mitchell just didn't have too much competition around him mm. but this but, is like one of the first uh well not one of the first in a while but usually it, it feels like usually the the Brownlow medalist is playing in the grand final well you had more times than they are you had Dusty last year yep then you had Dangerfield who made the pre... No, prelim. They, did they make, they didn't make finals that year, did they? No, they made a prelim that year, I think. Then the year before was Fife. They made the grand final that year, didn't they? No, that was the year before. Uh, then okay. the year before was Pritis. Then the and year before... Oh, so no, we've totally blown yeah, theory really. out of the water. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> but like, they've come close. They've been final. Or been quite, quite high up there, yeah. Yeah. But, like, this is another question. Would Tom Mitchell be a top 10 player in the AFL? I say no. Uh, I wouldn't no, even, I reckon uh, I could easily pick 10 players above Tom Mitchell. I, don't, I could easily pick five midfielders ahead of Tom Mitchell, in my yeah. opinion. But it was the same with Prittis when he won. Yeah. And Cooney when he won, too. Oh, oh, oh. He was not in the top 10 when he won that. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he, he, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was fair, like. <laughs> It's yeah. It's, ten it's years, about the ten year. Ten years of the crew. It's the year. Ten it's not so crew. much like because if you're going to pick a team, mm. you wouldn't necessarily put. Mitchell See, in there, like but. the reason why I don't like Mitchell is I feel he is like the poster boy for empty possessions. Like a lot when I watch him, he racks up a lot of the ball. He does a little one twos. Like which probably the umpire but can when probably... you look at his contested possessions they're still right up there so see the umpire there. can easily see probably the better value in the one two than me sitting home on TV or at the ground. Because, like, they're a lot closer to the action than yeah, I am. Yeah, No matter where I am. So, they can probably... I think the probably... one-two is definitely an important little... Yeah. Like, it, it might seem like a useless... Um, you're just, like, putting the stats up. But it does create separation and and um, and just the movement. The movement confuses opposition players. So, mm-hmm. I think the one-two is always valuable, I guess. But he definitely... You can't say that he gets soft touches. He wins his own football. If he gets a one-two, it's probably because he's football. won the football himself, giving it off to a player... Straightened up, got a bit of speed, got mm. the ball back. See, like, like he's a father son. He's probably had. He's probably the closest father son in playing the same way that their father did than any other father son I can remember. Mm. Like his dad Barry Mitchell was basically the Tom Mitchell of his time. Like just ball magnet, just yeah for Sydney. Like ball, ball, like just possession. Mm. Just absolutely just contested, like, just racking up the possessions. And that's what Tom Mitchell does. Like, he is one of the best, probably, possession getters, Tom Mitchell, probably, I've ever seen. Doesn't mean that he's one of the best players, but, like... See, Dane Swan is a much better player than Mitchell because Dane Swan hit the scoreboard Mm. a lot harder than Mitchell. Like, there's people that are listening, they're like, oh, yeah, Tom Mitchell averages a goal a game. It's like, well... He's averaging 36 possessions a game. You're hoping he at least gets close to a goal yeah. with that much ball. If you're touching it that much, you would want to be damaging on the scoreboard, wouldn't you? See, like, but T- Tom Mitchell's not the player that you put... See, you can't... Like, same with Dane Swan. If he was not having a good game in the midfield, you can put him up in the forward line. Yeah, you And he would kick three, four goals. Like, we've yeah. seen it, what was it, Anzac Day 2015? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He did that? He kicked that great goal from yeah. the boundary. Yeah. So, like, Dusty can do that. He was that. another keg. Danger can do that. Like, 
Party keg. Yeah. That's what He's I mean. a party like, pie. Tom Mitchell is an old-fashioned midfielder, something that doesn't really exist in the modern game. Someone that just sticks in the midfield mm, and just day. racks up possessions all day, does yeah. not go into the forward line, does not, like, really rotate out of the midfield. Yeah, Kevin Bartlett, another ball. He, he's, he's almost... But he kicked goals too, Kevin Bartlett. Yeah, see, he's almost like a throwback to Mitchell. Yeah. Like, I do feel he deserved to win the Brownlow, but... Yeah, good on him. Let's just hope he doesn't win it next year. Yeah, <laughs> let's get... That, I don't want to watch that There's, there's someone that are... <laughs> that should be due for a Bradley medal. Uh, Marcus Bontepelli. <laughs> he's he's about to reach his prime. Look out! Oh, yeah. Look out! No, I think Gaff might be winning the Brownlow in blue and white uh, next year. Be nice. Mm. Yeah, all right, <laughs> Controversial Zach. opinion. Am I alone here? Yes, probably. I think you might be. <laughs> Is he even going to be in the red? Let, uh, let, yeah, well, that's let, the let's question. actually start talking about the uh, trade period because there is a uh, some juicy tidbits. Jesse Hogan. <laughs> Ooh, this gonna is gonna be in big. the purple haze. Like we were talking about this when we talked about the season preview and said that Melbourne would might be better off letting him go. It looks like that they're be. willing to let him go. Jesse Hogan and might he's be riding willing his to skateboard go. along the west coast next year. Mm. See, he may be out. Stephen May might be in with the thing. Stephen May has been rumored for Collingwood, yep. and it looks like that Melbourne may be able to swoop in. It looks like there might be a convoluted, almost four-way trade. Well, if they can Freeman, make room because Hogan's going, then they, they can definitely see, sna- like, snatch See, if Freeman will get, get trade Neil, they'll get pick four from Brisbane. They'll be able to send that pick to Melbourne, basically, for Jesse mm. Hogan. So they'll be swapping Neil for Hogan. You'd almost do that any day of the week. Because mm. Hogan's, what, 22 years old, 23 years old. It's very hard to get key forwards before their prime. Like, Jesse Hogan's shown that he is a primetime player. Melbourne probably want him to stay, but they don't need him to stay. Well, they got the luxury of McDonald mm. down forward. See, see, also with Jesse Hogan, he's refused to talk about a contract extension after the end of next season. So, Melbourne's... Well, Melbourne so might also be thinking that because he is from... Perth, or is he from Perth? Or is he, he is from, from Western Perth. Australia. He's from Western Australia. Um, that they might end up losing him inevitably, whether it's this this off season or See, in three or four off seasons. His trade value has never been higher, and it probably never exactly. will be higher. So they might be thinking, and let's cash re- in while we can get a player that we need, I like May. If he's refusing to talk about signing a contract extension after next season, let him go because they're not going to get as much for him. Mm. If he's out of contract, yeah. then he is this year. And, and if they and got May and um, what's his name from Adelaide coming back next year? Um, he was Jack Lever. Yeah. Jeez, that's gonna yeah, be looking like, pretty good. Like oh, that's what I mean. And Freeman will have the pieces to deal to get Hogan and not really damage their future because Lucky Neal will probably go to Brisbane. They'll get pick four back. They'll still have, what, pick five, pick six in the draft. Yep. They'll be able to pick four over, get to see Hogan back. And they'll be thinking it's they su- can build they can build around Hogan, having, like, a, a key position sure, player like that. Like, of course you can. Yeah. Like, of course. Yeah, especially with such a young team. And also, like, they too. could, again, like, if Tim Kelly... It looks like at this stage he probably might stay Geelong, but if they can get Tim Kelly as well, that's two cornerstone. Geelong would be wanting to keep Tim Kelly for sure. Yeah, you think? I Definitely. think he'll probably stay, won't he? I can't see why he'd leave. He is from WA. Is he? Like, yeah. Apparently, he's been terribly homesick. 
Interesting. But Chris Scott came out earlier this week and said that he is adamant that he will be at Geelong next season. But we've heard that before so many times. And another yeah, from play- all clubs. <laughs> See, we yeah. talked about this last week, but uh, sadly I missed the cut. Uh, there's a Port Adelaide player that I did say probably should think about leaving Port Adelaide, Chad Wingard. Yeah. It's basically a lock at this point that he is leaving Port Adelaide. Where it's he's be- going is not the lock, though. It's not the lock. It's between Hawthorne and the Bulldogs. Bulldogs can offer more money and the higher pick, but Hawthorne obviously offer... And it's going to be a trade. It's not a free agent. No, because he's still under contract. So, basically, Hawthorne can offer... The only thing Hawthorne can... are losing another another player in Wingard, and they've just lost Pollock. Not good. To the Roos. It's not not good. Not good signs. See, but the Bulldogs literally need to drive a dump truck to Potterlade and to Wingard's house. He is exactly... So, Dowhouse is probably on the move, right? Dalhouse is on the move. Speaking of Luke Dalhouse, did you see the uh, Instagram story? No. Uh, Bob Murphy was on SEN Radio earlier this week and said that Luke Dalhouse was unmotivated after the premiership. And Luke Dalhouse went on his Instagram and on his like mm. Instagram story and posted all these because he's in uh, Portugal at the moment with Libba. Yeah. All these like... Obviously, pissed on the beach. Can you blame him? He's on holiday. He's like, oh, look at me. I'm on the beach. I'm so bloody unmotivated. <laughs> Fuck, I'm so unmotivated. Look at me. I'm at the bar. Libba, look at me. I'm so unfucking motivated. <laughs> like, that's not a good look. It's not a good look. Like, Bob Murphy probably was a bit harsh. Yeah, I do agree media, with Murphy, Bob Murphy though. is now in the media. He's going to say stuff like that. And, like, Dalhouse is going to have to deal with stuff like that. Like, That's what I mean. But a Dalhouse-Chad Wingard swap. Take that any day of the week. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, you'd take Dalhouse, that any day of the week. Like, Wingard is the exact player the Bulldogs need. A mid-sized forward yep. who can kick 40 He's, to 50 goals a season, can float yeah, in the midfield. more damaging than Dalhouse. Better, way better player than Dalhouse, I'd say. I would say too, like what he's a two-time All Australian. You, he's you think that they're fairly old. similar positions, so it's like if it's a straight swap, you take you take Wingard every time. But see, Dalhouse is a much better mark, like much, much. I mean, oh, as in Wingard, Wingard. Know. Sorry, Wingard, Wingard yeah. is a much, yeah, I was about much to say, better mark. <laughs> have you seen all of Wingard's speckies? Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> like if I was Wingard, like, and the Bulldogs do have Wingard's best mate, Jack Trengrove, Jackson Trengrove. At the club, yeah, like Hawthorne will be pushing hard, but they don't have as much to offer. Mm. I think Wingard, like I'm saying, like I'm incredibly biased. Wingard, pro- excuse me, Wingard probably will end up at the Bulldogs next year, and I think that is good. You'd hope so. I hope so too. <laughs> but like, oh, like it's just beginning. Like the, the grand final, like we're both tipping West Coast. Yeah, it's going to be a big day. Like massive. I'm excited. Like, I'll be, I'll be around the G. Like, I yeah. won't be in the G. Hopefully, I will win my way into the G. I'll be at the uh, <laughs> the Carlton Draft Marquee. So, yeah, nice. Hopefully, win my way into the stadium. <laughs> Unlike you, play there with your yeah. cheeky grin. You'll be, in the, you'll be in the ground, right? I will be. I will be there. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good day. I'll be going to the, uh, the North Melbourne Grand Final Breakfast in the morning. Then joining you to go to the front bar, AFL... Hopefully I see Jonathan, yeah. Hopefully you see Jonathan Brown there. That's who I'm really hoping. Yeah, to hopefully see. Brownie's there. He's mates with Sam, so 
Man, if Mick Malloy's there, I'm going to well, literally rip the absolute fucking shit out of him. <laughs> Being like, yeah, Richmond's not there. Maybe a couple of cheeky Collingwood chants. <laughs> Do you see on <laughs> Triple M? Um, there was a couple of tradies that bought a whole pallet of tissues. The Richmond <laughs> the tissues. The Richmond tissues. <laughs> and drove it up to his house and like, left that's it on brilliant. the front porch. That's brilliant. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's, motiv- that's absolutely motivated to... Uh... But like... Grand final day is one of the greatest days of the year. Like everyone enjoy it. Like, the, like you may think with the three points in podcast now that the footy season's over that this will be the end. It's not. It's just the beginning. Cricket, uh, <laughs> soccer. Yep. The A League starting. The A League starting. <laughs> the cricket, big bash, the NBA. Oh, and then the next day. Don't forget the next day we got the NRL Grand Final, Melbourne Storm. Oh, like let's talk about that. Like I know we sort of. Did slight dig at rugby league. It's not that bad. Look, I'm not really into my rugby league, but I do slightly follow. Passing the well, I mean, interest. I, I, yeah, I'm a passing yeah, interest. I loosely follow the storm. Like, storm are in the grand final. Billy Slater. I think that's the why I'm so keenly interested in this game. Is it's Billy Slater's last game. Me too. And I have seen a lot of Billy Slater. Billy Slater is probably. One, I would say that Billy Slater is the one player that has excited me about NRL. The way that he he used to in his heyday, the way he played the game, the way the way he was so mm. quick and agile, and his kicking and all that sort of thing made me start to really dig the way NRL could be potentially played because he's an absolute superstar. There was a mural of him, I think, in Richmond. Out the, the front, near, out the front of the train stadium. station. Yeah, out the front of the train station. Yeah. He's an absolute superstar. It's going to be his last See, game. See, so. he got off the uh, shoulder charge. He did get off. See, that's Apparently what I mean. it was controversial, but it didn't I mean, look like there was much I, like, See, if that happened in an AFL game, See, you that's get what I mean. I don't get a sport like rugby league where you, like, they're so rough. And they mm. tackle so like they their like tackling is so it was like just a bump. The guy didn't I mean, even get like, hurt. That's what I mean. Like that's that's just a basic AFL bump. I read a lot of comments on social media saying like, if it was any other player, you would have got rubbed out. And I was like, is that is that right? Would they really have got rubbed out for something like that? It looked like there was nothing in it. That's not like, but I hope the Storm win like that. Sydney Roosters, it'll be. Yeah, and and also see um, one thing that the NRL Grand Final has had in recent years like. It's usually the one game of the year I watch, and they've actually always been entertaining games. Yeah, the grand final is usually pretty entertaining. Like and they've also been Kronk, close. Kronk is playing against his former club. That's another story. And that's his that last game. game, too. And his last game as well, yeah. So and maybe Cam Smith's last game. Like, it's almost I think the, Smith's going on next year. It's almost the end of an era, I think he actually really. A it's probably, it's like almost the end of the er, end yeah, of an era. Definitely. Definitely. Speaking of end of, end of, end of an era. Next week on the R3 Points in podcast, we're going to have a little bit of a change. See, you may not consider this a sport, but uh, at the MCG, they got uh, 70,000 people crammed <laughs> into the uh, the seats for the WWE Super Showdown. Yep. And the headline matches are Triple H versus The Undertaker, and we will have a drunken preview of that, that event with WWE memories right here on this podcast. So that would be a nice I'll be little... tuning in, even though I'm not really into my WWE so much. I'll be tuning in. You may in get uh, a bit of singing, <laughs> a bit of a, it's me, Austin. <laughs> like, it will it will just be mayhem. Like, you'd probably have to be at Who've least... Who you got like, joining you? Uh, well, there'll be probably about 12 people joining me. Oh, like, it will be a clusterfuck. be crazy. <laughs> it will be a clusterfuck of uh, people. But it should be good. So again, Zach... Always it's been a, pleasure. a pleasure. Absolutely. Pleasure to join this one, Thank you, Lucky. Good luck to the pies. Calm the pies. Yeah, I'll see you on Saturday. Hopefully, we can uh, win tickets into the uh, stadium. What are we going to do? 
we got to think about this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like we're not good with the talk. Hopefully, there's like trivia or singing. Like, oh, ace that. So dance battle. Mm. Oh, oh, I'll win that for sure. But Rain is pretty handy in a dance battle. <laughs> I am. I'm not gonna lie. That's me. So enjoy Grand Final Day, everybody. Uh, don't get too well. Fuck that. Get as leisure you want. Yeah. Like it's, it's the one end day of the, the year. Season. Like season. Like have a have a read of the. I can't uh, believe it's already here. It's I know. Crazy. Like it's been mental. Yeah. Like this is a pro tip. Have a read of the uh, catalogs. The, the Dan Murphy's the first choice league of catalogs. <laughs> it's the best day of the year for the uh, alcohol We're sales. We need some sponsorship for uh, for this show. Yeah, well, our boss at work has been trying to get us grilled sponsorship. <laughs> uh, eat grilled, please. Keep Dan Murphy's. Shop at Dan Murphy's. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, again, like us on Facebook, Three Points In Podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify. And uh, keep tuning in, even though the footy season's over. Plenty of sport to come. And uh, see you next time, Cobbers. Cheers. <laughs>